Welcome to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hansen. And we are just so happy that you have decided to join us this gorgeous, almost spring-like Saturday morning. It is lovely. Up here in the bold north. So I think, uh, you know, the uh, the swing of the festivities has swung. It appears to have arrived. <laughs> it seems to have swung. And we My are goodness. fully in it. And later this hour, I will tell you all about what... You can expect when you go down to Super Bowl Live and the Super Bowl experience and I the have food. to just tell you. Yeah. Okay, so cuz I've been gone for 5 days. Our idea of oh, I doing forgot that you were like the gone. Super Bowl was we literally left last Sunday and we just got home yesterday. The yeah. airport is hysterical. Is it? It is. It's very jolly. They even have like in the baggage claim area, they've set up Super Bowl merchandise areas, which yeah. that's new. Yeah. There's a million uh people waiting for their Uber, but everyone's cheerful. <laughs> this driver, is only. This is the beginning. This is the dawn. The Uber driver who picked us up, Phil. Hi, Phil. Hey, Phil. Um, first time ever Ubering. Yep. He's like a dad who's trying to get some money to take the kids on spring break. He oh, was super sweet. Great. Yeah, it was super fun. Oh, great. Yeah, it's no. Just, everyone's cheerful in the skyways. There's uh, little groups of people probably every five steps i was like wow that's a lot of eye contact that i'm being forced to make that's not so minnesotan <laughs> a lot of eye contact just a lot of eye contact i'm just you know it's fine that's funny. i mean it's fine but uh yeah so it's good and it's you know it's definitely the town is on is on high and i just will tell you that you know for all the questioning and the worrying and the stuff i will just say that Last night I had kind of a swelling moment of pride for the town. I was going to ask you that because you're my girl. You're a little cynical, but you're also kind of a homer. I'm a You're not above it. I know. So I was just like, okay, I'm really waiting to see what she says. Because just watching, I I mean, I was reading the news stories every day, watching, thinking about, oh my gosh, am I going to be able to get to work on Monday? Which is probably a no. But we're going to talk about that. It's impressive. (laughs) It is impressive. We have... We've really done a great job, and I'm very proud. I'm not embarrassed by anything. <laughs> and I think it's just, I'm just, I'm kind of, I was a little bit flush with pride last night. So yeah. we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'll give you guys some tips on parties. We'll give you some tips on um, other events going on uh, during the next couple of weeks, plus a lot of fun things just to expect when you go down there. I did win tickets. Thank you, Hubbard Broadcasting, oh. to the NFL experience at the convention center. Great. Tomorrow at 2 o'clock. Oh, good. So, um... I'll give you some information about that if I end up going. I my husband will go if I don't go, but I'll oh, get really? some data. Yeah. yeah. No. Okay. So you were in Vail. You went and you went I did. skiing. I did, and uh, it was fun. It was very sad to watch the Vikings game alone in a yeah. very sad condo. <laughs> yeah, I will say that it was a. I, I'm already completely like past it. But I was talking to Eric Perkins yesterday. You know, of Care Eleven. He's been on the. He's been on the radio station before with us. Yep. He was, and they are you know broadcasting right down in the center of the. Um, and and the center of Nicolette Mall and this yep. gorgeous Anderson Windows thing, and they were. He was saying how it's for him. It's still a little hard. He was like, um, you know, it's just it's still like, oh, we were almost here, and it would have been so different, and it would have been so cool. And I was like, you have to let that go, guy. You know? I think I ruined it for us because I was at a liquor store and we were buying some beer and. Um Yes, I'm do it back on the whole thirty in case you're wondering. As I just said, I was buying beer. I had five days of vacation time. Wait, now I'm yeah, back at it. We have it. to get. We have to restructure. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um. And I didn't even eat that bad, but I did eat nachos, and I hadn't had nachos for probably two years, and it was like the best experience of my life. I eat nachos all the time. Oh, I haven't had not like. Why the, don't you eat nachos? I don't know. They because don't they're seem not good even that you. bad for you. 
there's tur- a lot of cheese. See, I don't I don't put cheese chips. in the bad category. It's protein, <laughs> it's calcium, and the what? Okay, this is why our show is awesome because you're like talking me into that nachos are healthy. They're totally healthy. If you think of eating like a very fresh, you know, if you put a bunch of protein on there, like pork or chicken, and then you're just making it healthier. <laughs> I am a little fatty carnitas, and then and then some. Or you can make it lean pork, oh. and then you put on the uh, and then you put on the uh, you know it's salsa, it's tomatoes, and avocados are vegetables, healthy. <laughs> real vegetables. I was leaving the liquor store with my six pack of beer, and the guy goes, he carded me, and he's like, "Oh, Minnesota, like go Vikes." <laughs> I was like, you watch. You we just, are going to be the first team to be in the Super Bowl in our hometown. And he's like, yeah. Yeah. And then I was like, oh. Oh, and that, then it happened. I, it was probably my fault we lost. It was your fault, apparently. <laughs> Who knew? I know. I'm just still, I I was still on the nachos thing, quite honestly, because I, the thing is, it's such an easy, quick thing to make. I, yes. I love nachos, Stephanie. I would like to eat nachos for the rest of my life. I That's my, could. that is the world's most perfect food to me. I love nachos. I, really? There's not a chip that passes by my face that I don't dig in. In fact, when we go in, they like give you a chips and salsa side. Yeah. My husband will say like, are just, you sure you want those? Can we just skip those? Because or- he knows I'll eat the entire basket right in front of him with two hands and there'll be chip crumbs falling yeah. out of my mouth yep. while I'm chewing. Yep. I just love chips. You do. I don't. And, not, and I... Well, it's funny because I have a funny top two in hour two that pertains to chips, perhaps. I do, too. Actually, well, I will I will tell you one quick little peek on that is that we have um, in the magazine this month, which is, of course, holding the host committees, the Super Bowl guide as well, the Minneapolis-St. Paul magazine. We did a little chef smackdown and we have Chef Janine Holig, who is from Hot Indian. She has nanchos. I saw those. Those are legit. Non- non-bread. Non-bread. Mm-hmm. Nachos and like I chickpeas. Yes. And... Oh my god! And then she was versing, um, well, Mike Brown from Travail, who is our buddy. And then actually, Chef Jack has some jerk chicken wings in there, and so against Ann Kim's, um, she's got some Korean salsa matcha. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Chef Jack is going to be on in the next segment. You guys, he did a throwdown with Bobby Flay. I know that's why it's funny. I, I can't like, wait I, to hear I, about I it. did chicken wings, but then he has a whole nother thing. So yeah. we're so, excited to t- hear about that. Are you, um, so we have 10 days of Super Bowl. Yep. This week, we have a big show planned. We're going to talk about the Heggies Throwdown. We've got uh, Tanya Spalding coming from Shea Design, who's designed tons of restaurants in the Twin Cities and around the world. So we're just going to talk with her a little bit about what we're seeing in restaurant design. Yeah. And then some Super Bowl talk. And then I think, even so next week, it's the day before Super Bowl, but we can talk snacks then, can't we? Yeah, we could talk about things that, you know, as far as eating goes and, and building up your your buffet or your couch buffet, your basically your couch stadium. picnic. I If anybody has any questions during the week, too, there is a lot of good food to order or to take out. So if anybody wants any help with that, you can always find us at Stephanie's Dish or at Steph March. There's a lot of, I know that I'm not even quite sure about how it's all going to go down because... To be quite honest, the actual Super Bowl Sunday is usually a pretty slow day for restaurants. They don't technically, some of them decide to close on Super Bowl Sunday because it's a thing that's, it's a home, you know, people watch it at home. There's not a big, like, no one goes out for restaurants. But, of course, this year being different, there's, they're all throwing in that you're going to want to be a part of the melee and the fun and everything else. And you're going to want to go out. So a lot of places are doing um, you know, they either start with brunch or and then you can watch the game or you can go and enjoy 
big taproom follies and all sorts Even of things. Even places like Birch Steak and Bar La Grassa that are not normally open for lunch are open for the next 10 days for lunch. I, know. I think that's interesting. I know. I thought that was a strange... I thought it was good. And I think for sure Bar La Grassa is one of those places that it's a business... You know, there's a lot of business uh, connections that happen. Sure. And so they have... I think they're like when they have clients in town, these people have people coming in. There's a lot of besides just fans. You have to remember that many of the big parties that are happening and things, those are corporate sponsors. Yesterday at the airport, every other person was holding a VIP sign. Mm -hmm. The irony was watching the sort of bedraggled men in their sweatpants and dirty shirts and ball caps. Not to say that they weren't high class executives because they probably were. They probably but were wandering over to the VIP signs. I was like, "Oh, that's what a VIP looks like." How surprising! It yeah. looks just like normal people. I know. Well, I'm and speaking of that, I am a little bit excited to see what happens when we, the Minnesota normal people, run into the celebs. Oh, because it is coming. Hard. And I'm telling you, Janet Jackson's here. I oh, told I know you she last is. week. She's yeah, here. She's here. She's here. Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis are being all coy. She's here and she's performing. I don't know when. And we don't know where. And I don't know where. I feel like they're going to do she's like a here. little secret Paisley Park thing. I don't know. That would she's be totally here. appropriate. Don't you think that would be like an homage With to Justin Prince? Timberlake? Like doing a 4 a.m. concert like Prince used to do. Yeah, I think that would be the coolest thing. I'm going to predict that. So, Jimmy so Jam much... and Terry Lewis were out last night. They were downtown and, you know, and so it was fun. Don't you think it's a little sacrilegious that all the times Justin Timberlake kind of made fun of Prince that he's having a... Oh, did he make concert? fun of him? Oh, yeah. I don't have that knowledge. Of a couple like, times. He actually mocked is, him. This is how much I don't pay attention. Yeah, he mocked him. him at the Grammy Awards. Like mocked him? Yeah, like small, like small with my cane walking up to the stage. Yeah, he did. Just telling you. I'll find it online. Okay, I'm going to have to... You're going to have to help me out with that. And, because... and then... There was another time where Prince kind of made some comment and then Justin Timberlake clapped back. Yeah, there's a thing. Oh, there is a thing. Hey, quick shout out to Erica, who I met last night, who was a super fan of the show. And she oh, was just hi, lovely. Erica. And I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Yes, everybody. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. And so. for it's a good time to say it. Red Cow and Red Rabbit for making it possible. There it is. Because if they didn't sponsor the show, we wouldn't have a show. And we've 11 years here. So thanks to all the sponsors that have helped us over the years. This we appreciate it. All right, you guys, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and sh and uh, talk about all the fun things going on in town. We'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish. Welcome back to Weekly Dish. We are here with Chef Jack Rabel. Hi, Chef Jack. Good morning. I think so. Are you turned on? Am I turned on? Hoping that the microphone. I'm finally turned on. You are here. Come on. We have decided we are not sexually harassing on this show this year. Okay. Just this week. Just this week. Yes. Right. Uh, welcome to the program. I Thank appreciate you. it when a chef gets up and does the nine twelve segment. <laughs> I am going to take away the scissors that you keep banging all on right, the table. Right, right. He has a ADD problem with that. If I do this too much with my hands, you can totally ADD hear chefs. it. It's nine in the morning. I'm not even awake yet. I know. I'm very impressed that you're here. Just. Just Let's explain like what a chef life is. When did you leave the restaurant at the Lexington last night? Mm, last night about midnight. Okay. And so you had to get up early. What will your day look like today? Uh, well, today is busy. I got a lot going on at the Lexington. We're, we have multiple private events and a rooftop bar, and there's just a lot of things. There's a lot of moving parts right now. Your rooftop bar, how's it faring? You had the big throne. You've got an ice luge. It was packed last night. I'm really, and I'm, I'm really happy that everybody wants to take the picture on the throne. That was kind of my idea. That was like, amazing. I, Tom, is, Tom Horgan kind of slayed it the other day. I don't know if you saw him on social media. But no, he but he did. always it was does. An awesome picture. Did he like lay across it or yeah, something? Yeah, he's got style. He does have style. He's fine. <laughs> 
He's I always tell him. We can hate. We're just not going to harass. Right. <laughs> That's true. I have all the competitive edge I want. This is my radio show. Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see you in the throne. Yeah. So the luge, how does that work? I order a like yeah, brandy you drink and you, you want, pour, pour it down right, it. Yeah, that's right. I and mean, glasses are optional. Oh, so you can put your face down there. Yeah, just have at it. Okay, that's funny. Has anyone done that? Uh, yes. We're, no. not, we're not naming names. Let's just say it's been done. Okay, that's funny. It was not me. I was like, oh, right was it you? No, it was not me that time. Okay, <laughs> so you've she got... She tried her first Red Bull drink. You know? Yeah, I had my very first Red Bull drink ever at the Lexington Ice Bar, which makes no sense whatsoever. Did you stay that's up ex- all night after drinking it? No, but I did feel weird. I did yeah. sort of it feel weird. It gives you like an electric weirdness. Well, I just think it tastes like cough syrup. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I the actual Red so. Bull, the drink, actually, when you mixed it, it was it was too sweet for me. But, I mean, that's just my profile. But Yeah. Um, okay. It's all so, for crashed ice, you know? Yeah. That's right. And crashed ice has come and gone. Yes. And I'm worried that it's not going to come back next year, but we'll deal with that next year. Wow. Why not? I, it's just, it's been here a lot. They usually don't do multiple repeats oh. of cities and it's been here a lot. And just that the number one athletes from here, right? Isn't oh, there are a few it. of the number one. Yeah. yeah. Jeff Belzer's guy. Yeah. 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 Jeff Belzer's guy. That is such a St. Paul Homer <laughs> that you know that. <laughs> all right. I am a St. Paul. Homer. I know you are. I love you that are. about you. Can you tell me? The coffee here is fabulous, by the way. Thank you. It's our new Starbucks uh, Nespresso, whatever, that our boss, B. Arthur, bought for everybody as a Christmas gift. God bless him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I want to talk to you for real about your throwdown with Chef Bobby Flay. Yeah, it was a throwdown. When did you record it? Oh, gosh. I don't even remember now. March? Yeah. March Spring of last time? year? Yeah. yeah. Well, I was a member of a cadre of Twin City chefs who were kind of beckoned to New York to take on the king, you know. And then do they, so I, that's what I want to know, like I want to know the ins and outs. So you get invited with a bunch of chefs and then did they pick yours as like the most airworthy or? No, I mean, others? Yeah. It, other chefs went, it, I think. Mike DeCamp did it too, didn't he? Yeah, and Thomas. Yeah. And, uh, did Michelle? Michelle, yeah. Yeah, Geyer. Okay. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, it, let's just say it's very produced. I'm I've sure. never done anything like that. I mean, it's not like this. It's not like <laughs> it's not cold like grassroots. Wake funny. up and show up. And it's, and it's the most grueling day of your life, meaning like, you know, you talked about being a chef. You fly into New York. You check into your hotel. They put you up in Times Square, which if anybody goes to New York is the worst place to ever yes, stay. Yes, it There's is. There's a reason I never stay in Times Square. Mm-hmm. It's like Vegas. It's lit up all 24/7. night. 24-7. Yeah, you can't even shut so the So I get there. Up. I finally check in. My wife's coming to meet me. Her flight's delayed, so I don't see her till almost midnight. So I fall asleep at midnight, and they pick you up at 4 a.m. Oof. Then you go and you do the tour of the studio and they show you what's going to happen. It's kind of your meet and greet, not meet and greet with Bobby, but the team. And then you sit in the green room for like two hours. Yeah. Why do they do that? And then they're getting ready. I don't know. And then you do multiple entrances. I mean, I can't let it all happen. But to, it, to, say, to say it in a nutshell, you're there from four in the morning till seven at night to film a half an hour program. Oh, yeah. Wow. And the last four hours, you're in like a green room. It's like a green screen and there's like a black box around your face and you have to sit still and answer these repetitive kind of questions like, when you were doing this, what were you thinking? And then you have to have all these buzzwords, buzzwords where you just say, I like, I didn't like, I was doing, I was, and they just, yeah. and they grill you. It's like an interrogation for like four hours. So that they get those you're clips. You're sweating. It's, yeah. They, yeah. Uh, it's all clip worthy. I'm talking. Yeah. Which... Because you film the show only for one hour. Yeah. And the rest of your time you're there, it's all the back fill-in. Yeah, We're all talking the with Chef Jack Rabel. Sorry, I keep uh, interrupting. We're talking with Chef Jack Rabel. I just want people to know in case they're tuning in. And we're talking about your appearance on um, the Throwdown with I Chef mean, Bobby Flay. My mom was in the audience. My wife was there. That's nice. Who was in love with Eddie Jackson, who was our host. She goes, 
So this guy played football. <laughs> <laughs> That's annoying. The Food Network star. Yeah, yeah, right. So you can't obviously tell us the outcome of the throwdown. Correct. But you did a Juicy Lucy. Is that what you prepared? Yeah. And so when you're asking me how it works, and I don't know how it worked for the other contestants, but they literally call you and kind of tell you what they want. Oh, really? Not in a, not in its entirety. I should be fair. Um, but they say pick five things associated with X. In this case, it was tailgating. If you were going to tailgate, what would you do? Indicative of Minneapolis. And they have kind of some ideas of what they want you to do. So then you prepare these five recipes. You send them the recipes in total. They take pictures of everything. They come and film you making all the dishes. Mm -hmm. And then they decide if any one of those dishes is worthy that you could go on and be a contestant. Yep. It's so com- hmm. it's so weird how complicated food TV is. I know. I I mean, I, mean, I guess I'm used to. I I I totally don't even watch those shows as as they're done now anymore. I never watched. I don't either. I used I to though. I used yeah. to watch the Chef Bobby Flay show. It's been on a long time, so it's maybe lost its allure. I'm not into stunt cooking. I wish they just had some like real cooking shows like they used yeah, to. Like but they used to. Like yeah. some old school Emerald, you know. Oh, yes. Or who is the guy from Canada? Chuck Hughes. Yeah. Oh, I loved his show. <laughs> The hard part is, I mean, it's all because it is, it's all like, you know, building up because it's not about cooking as much as it used to be. It's about the show. It's about building up, you know, expectations and everything. So I'm a nerd and you know this about me, Steph and stuff like I read everything and I I used to watch so much food TV. I was a huge Top Chef fan. I felt like they really good, you know, Tom Colicchio produces it. They did a really good job of elevating the quality of contestants yes. and making it more about cooking. But I think they got to a point where the cooking alienated the audience. Yes. And then it went and got really and campy got and turned around. into reality TV. And now it's like everything, to your point, everything is reality TV. You know, it's yep. more about the contestant than it is about the content. And their weird yeah. little meltdown they're having in the yeah, green and, room. And about. it is the genius, and this is just my own conjecture, but so you make zero money to go on this TV show with the opportunity to maybe win some money, yeah. and they produce it and make millions millions of dollars off yeah, of it. I mean, what a genius sort of, model, right? It is amazing. Yeah. And we all, like, I mean, if we all were tapped, we'd be like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's go stay at Times Square in New York. I'll do it. Uh, yeah. It's fun. It, you know, it was fun, and, you know, it was a great experience. You know, whether whether you win or lose, you go on, and it's super Does awesome. Does something like that, like, you're in a unique position, because I believe that you have somewhat of an ownership stake in the Lexington. Correct. So does something like that help drive traffic to your restaurant? I in- can't tell you how many people last night were like, can't wait to see it. Okay, so we're doing a viewing party at the Lexington right. in the second floor. Mm-hmm. Yes, we, that's... We put tickets on sale on Monday, and they sold out in a day, 100 tickets, which blew me away. Whoa. Like, my mom didn't even get a ticket. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, she's like, I thought they were on sale today. I'm like, they're already they're gone, gone, Mom. Mom. But you will have the Juicy Lucy that you made on the menu. Correct. I'm serving it for that. And then after the event, meaning after the airing on Thursday the 1st, we'll have it on the menu for one month for patrons who sit at the bar only. Okay. At the bar. Okay. Which means That's what? Like literally sitting, sitting at, at the, the bar. bar. Yep. Yeah. Either the front bar or the back bar. You can order it from one of the bar. Okay. But you can't sit it. in the lounge. You can't be sitting at like a table? Not in the bar. No, not a, no, not a table. But you have to sit what? at the bar. On the rail. On Why the rail. I mean, this is a real question. I already sell 90 burgers a night and I have a tiny griddle and I'm not going to sell another 200. I just, that makes total insane. sense. Because I always wonder, like you have separate menus and you can get this thing here, but not there. Is that why? Because I you're trying to manage so much flow? Lexington. I, I absolutely am. You can get anything you want anywhere. There's people in the dining room that eat a burger. There's people at the bar that eat. Uh, my husband you know, loves those weird chicken sandwiches. That and everybody likes the chicken. Oh my sliders. gosh, it's, they're crazy about them. But it's um, yeah, it's just one of those things where I'm just limited to what I can do. And if I put that burger on and everybody wants it, I'm going to sell 200, and I just can't facilitate it. So it's Is, frustrating. But so, do you have room for a lot of steaks? I have room for a lot of everything, really. I mean, it's a it's a large it's kitchen. a nice big kitchen. It's a Cadillac kitchen. I wish it you is. had more steaks. 
You want to put more on? <laughs> I do. I want. I'm just. Everybody's I'm saying. Saying. I'm no, not this I need more feedback. I mean, I, you I know. love. You have a cowboy steak that's yeah. like a barbecue ribeye that's great. I, I, you have a steak Diane that I think is also wonderful. I want like a filet. I have one. I, I, I don't know that I've Isn't seen it? that on the menu. Oh yeah, it's been on the menu since the beginning. I would think a filet no, would be on not. since the beginning. Yeah, porcini crusted. How do you not have a porcini crusted tenderloin with truffle butter has been on okay, the menu. Okay, see, since that's why I don't it's order my number it. Number one selling. That's steak. why I don't order it because I don't like truffle butter. Well, can you, you just get like a filet without the truffle you butter? Can do whatever you can you want. order whatever you want. Okay, I just I'm I love the chefs and I just want steak sometimes. My mantra is if I have it in the house and I can make it for you, I will. That's good. Because I love that Especially steak, Diane, like, but sometimes yeah. I don't want a heavy sauce. Oh, yeah. Right. But, I, I serve it on the side. Okay. Do you maybe not even like think about ordering that because you don't want to ask them to make a yes. modification? Uh, the million dollar question is people will ask for it and most Minnesotans don't. I yeah. Don't nope. Yeah. So I just go, oh, there isn't a filet on the menu for me. You know, we'll and then it's like, tweaking. oh, I want steak, but I don't know. We're about 10 days away from our one year. And know? here's what else I want I to tell you. Just because I can. You <laughs> are you a wonderful here. chef and Thank you, you nice have the pro- you have the propensity to make the best sides in the world. Oh, you're awesome. That's so like nice you, you that. the the sides that you put out at Butcher and Boar when you worked there were just the best sides in town. Wow. So I'd like to see a little more on the side game because I know you got it it's in. It's coming soon. Okay. Did I help you like prep the Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, here's the hard. Here's the hard thing too is you know right now we're all just kind of captives to the labor problem. Yeah, you know? it's, it's it's true. People are saying why aren't you doing more, Jack? Because so, the guys I have can't even cook what I'm trying to do. And know? it's right. a real right. problem. It's it is a problem. Legit. Yeah. Is people in, coming to town that we're trying to hire a thousand? Oh, you guys are shipping them in. for these parties. They're shipping them and they're hitting up all the you know the casinos and everybody else Anything and they're they seeing can. that no, they can difficult. get if you can come up we'll pay you X amount of dollars. It's yep. crazy. Um, maybe what you need is like a new bartender to come. Oh wait, I'm bartending for you guys. Oh, um, nice. I know we are bartending Good. together on February 9th. Just to be clear, up at no, the ice bar, no competition. But Pat Kessler killed it last. Did night. he really? Oh my All right, God. we're gonna There's have to like have a stick because I there. I was actually a bartender, so like I can do this, and then you're gonna have to oh, be the I'm show. I'm color commentary. You're the show. Weather, yeah, uh, that's what I think. I'll know all the same Paul people. He was the recipient of a pretty fine day, right? Yes, that's the unfortunate. We're, if we get like, I have to compete with Pat Kessler. Well, I, and I, then Matheson comes before us too. I think we're the last ones, geez, aren't we? You know, I had that. Yeah. Man, I never. Okay, so I was nominated for Manuary, which means nothing to me. Yeah. But like Jason Matheson's team, which I don't even know if you chose, Jason, if you're listening, is like single-handed, like crushing everybody. So it's just a straight popularity contest. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, they're popular. All right, Chef Jack Rabel, thank you for being on. Enjoy your Super Bowl ten days. Thank we'll you, enjoy ladies. the ice bar and look forward to a new See menu coming night. shortly. See you on the ninth. New menu coming shortly. Welcome back to The Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie Hansen. Hey, I'm Stephanie March. And we are here with Tanya Spaulding. She is our guest today from Shea Design. We ran into you, actually, I think it was last Saturday. We were at Surly Brewing yeah. and having a beer and ran into you. And we started talking about Shea Design. For those of you that don't know, how many restaurants do you think you've designed in the Twin Cities? Uh, actually, we did a count. Oh, in the Twin Cities? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. How many like- total? 450. Yeah. Across the country. Yeah, they're a little busy. The They've been busy. Well, it's not all the last year. <laughs> um, in the Twin Cities, I guess, over the course of time, maybe 100, 150, yeah, maybe more. You have a huge stamp on all of the public places that we eat at in the Twin Cities. And, you know, you're kind of behind the scenes because people maybe don't think about restaurant design as something that's 
important to the overall picture, but it's massively important. I think they think about it, but only ancillary, you know, and they think because they're they know that they feel comfortable someplace. They may not understand why, Mm -hmm. you know, and they think maybe it's part of the food and everything else. But there is a piece of that design, which which factors. Well, that's exactly right. So I'll give you an example. We have some friends that every time they go to this one particular restaurant, I'm not going to name names. They love the food, but they they for some reason it's not on their list. They never want to go and they couldn't figure out why. They took us there and they said, see, we always have a great experience when we're here, but we just don't like coming. I said, you know what it is? It's lighting. The lighting is completely wrong. It's, it's funny. It can be something so subtle, yeah. like obviously noise can yeah. be a big issue, too, right, if right. you want to have conversation with people. Yeah, exactly. So it's a lot of people can't pinpoint exactly what it is, but we the way we look at it is if you don't hit on design, service and food, mm-hmm. If one of those doesn't doesn't work, that you don't have the right formula. It's the trifecta. It's right. what makes the place perfect. Exactly. Yeah. So what kind of things when, so you were talking about, I was just, that you were at Burrow last night. Mm-hmm. And what kind of things when you go and you're a diner, because do you eat out as much as you're in a restaurant <laughs> for fun? I mean. Uh, yes. I like to say I'm like Stephanie March here. <laughs> I eat and drink for a living. Yep. Um all, all around the world, I would say we eat out probably five to six nights a week. Yeah. Actually, it's probably more than that. And are you... you I don't cook. Yeah. <laughs> is it still fun for you? Uh, yeah, it is fun. Uh, no, it's, it's, I mean, dining, I think, dining out has become entertainment for a lot of different people. For us, it's a lifestyle. Um, and not just because of work, but it's, you know, part of the being part of the energy and experiencing a lot of great talent um, and not being able to cook what they cook. I mean, it's... It's amazing what you can get when you eat out. So it's, um, I mean, it's 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 entertainment as well. It's lifestyle. That's kind of what, when I look at my visa bill at the end of the year and I spend more on food and dining than any other category by a mile, I think, well, that's my entertainment, really. Right, I don't right. do anything else. Right. I don't you're have any other hobbies, really. You're not large concert tickets no, and things like that. No, so. I go out and I eat. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're not alone. I think that's what we've seen over the last 10 years in particular is occasional diners are now frequent diners. Yeah, And it's part of daily entertainment. It's part of people's lives. So restaurants become almost a a de facto kitchen for a lot of these people. Yeah, absolutely. Do you think, so we were just saying that sound is a factor. That's probably one of the biggest changes you've had to make during this design. I mean, in in both ways, you know, it's gotten really loud, but then there's more complaints about it. So you've probably had to do, you know, things. What are some of the big design movements or changes you've seen in the last 10 years? Well, sound is certainly probably the biggest complaint that people have. And I have to be honest, in some cases, we do design restaurants to be loud. I think so. I would Uh, sometimes rather be in a loud space. Well, and Butcher Butcher and Abor is a great example of that. Everyone says it's so loud. Well, it wasn't, I mean, I hate to say it, but it was designed for a particular target audience. Yeah. And if you're not in, you're not wanting to be in a really energetic, loud environment, it's not for you. Right. And I'm so for that. And that's part of the joie de vie of the place in some respects. Exactly. But, you know, I I try to stay away from the word trend. In our business, we almost have to, we almost have to be on the forefront of how dining is evolving at Shea. Um, So we like to take a look at, you know, what, what consumers like. So when we eat out all over the world, it's not just about what we like, right? It's Mm -hmm. let, Take a look at all the other guests in the space. What are they doing? What are they responding to? Where are they sitting? Where are they not sitting? Um, and just really paying attention to how people respond to spaces. And that is basically, we're sponges. And we use all that information to try to be on the forefront of design. And and that means, you know, taking a look at what people are responding to. And, you know, thankfully what we're seeing right now is 
people are moving away from the industrial design. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. done to death. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're almost overcorrecting. And now I think what we're going to see in the next number of years is you're going to see a return to old school swank and a little bit more lushness, mm-hmm. a lot more wallpaper, color, fabric, wallpaper, plants. exactly. Mm-hmm. Colors, yep. plants. Yeah, exactly. And you're also going to see people, you know, people like us, we try not to design for any particular trend. You know, it's like a high school photo. You don't want to look back and say, oh, that was from 1992. Because, right. Yeah. Or we don't want someone to look back on something we did this year and say that was 2018 because their feature wall was pink. Right. Right. Yeah. Because you still want that restaurant to continue to right. be relevant right. for yeah. those people right now. Exactly. Yeah. It can never be focused too much on a particular trend at a particular time. You have to stay ahead of that and stay out of it. Yeah. And I- really design something that, you know, people are going to respond to. We're talking with Tanya Spaulding from Shea Design. And one of the things that I'm interested in is we're seeing more fast casual as we're moving to the $15 minimum wage and more workers um, being in shorter supply. I'm assuming you're thinking about that. And how do you make a fast casual still feel fun and interesting and exciting versus just a a queue? Yeah. And we're actually working a number of projects, some here in the Twin Cities that are just that. Uh, And it's how do you convert you know, we're almost calling it fine, and we're not the ones that coined the term, but finer casual. So you're creating still the most dynamic restaurant spaces if it would be full service. Um, and in a lot of cases, it's do you convert at maybe five o'clock to full service? And how do you make that flip so it doesn't look like there's a counter there that's either being used or not used? Right. So it's operational challenges, too, of how you make it work for breakfast and lunch day parts, and then how you can convert it to an evening space. Are people like, is that a thing? So you mm-hmm. want to convert to sit down and in, in the evening? Why are they trying to do both? Is that just? I think the, you what you just brought up is labor is a huge issue. So they would normally be full service for lunch, yeah. but they can't afford to be. Got so it. can they can they go to a, a smaller labor model for at least one or two day parts and still fulfill? perhaps with that neighborhood or what they're trying to do from a restaurant standpoint. It doesn't always work. Um, It has to be the right brand and the right concept. Otherwise, yeah, with fast casual, I think you are seeing that they're getting better. I mean, fast casual used to think of fast food. Yeah that they brought your food to the table instead. So it's changed. The general public still wants full service at dinner, and you're going to make more money if you have full service because you have them sitting and you capture more dollars by, you know, like a multi-hour meal. Whereas fast casual, you go up, you pay your money, and you go down. And then maybe you might get more. Maybe you'll get, but then you have to get up and go. And so, you know. So that's the biggest challenge in fast casual is I'm sitting down. I ordered a beer. I ordered wine because, as we all know, um, that boost the check average yep. and people order beer or wine. Yep. So I'm sitting down and I, I just finished my glass of wine. I would love another one, but I'm not going to go get it. Uh-huh. So we're doing a lot of conversions that sending service to the table with mobile POS systems, um, point of sale systems, so they can easily sit yep. at the table and get another glass of wine served. Yeah, yeah. that's pretty cool too. Cause when you're in that situation, you're like trying to get the person's attention and it's not always such a great experience. Um, if you just Twin Cities wise, is there somewhere that you just like from a design perspective that you did not design that you sit there and think, wow, this is just a place that I wish I would have done? Uh, there are a lot of them. I think there's far too many to, um, to probably name because we have a lot of counterparts and, and a lot of clients and, and friends in the industry. So, you know what? 
our circulation of restaurants is vast. Yeah. <laughs> so we've got our favorites that we're kind of in now. Young Joni, certainly one of them. We're mm-hmm. not alone, the entire Twin Cities. But from our perspective, we even look at things like that and think, you know, it's it's easy to critique when you're on in our business. Yep. And it's e- it's easy to still love a space and still say, hey, it could, you know, it could have shifted here and there and the other. So there are so many well-done restaurants um, that are hitting on all three of those cylinders right now. Can you enjoy dining? Like, it would seem like it would be like, there's the proverbial poop where you eat, kind of, where you're just in your work mode all the time. Not at all. No, it's it's kind of an occupational hazard, though, but I love what I do. And David, Shay, and I, we do basically eat and drink for a living, and we love it. And we do what we do because we love it. So it's fun for us to be out in those environments, and it's I mean, it's not misery. It doesn't feel like work. It's enjoyment. We make more friends at bars across the world than you can imagine. We right. love that. I and one too. of the things that you guys do is you do travel the world. You look for trends. You look for yeah. you look for things that are sort of concurrent. And, and so tell us maybe one or two of your favorite food cities and what's special about it. Oh, boy. Well, I, you'd have to put domestically, you'd have to put New York on the list just yeah. because... Um, in terms of internationally, I can't probably name a favorite because then I haven't traveled enough. But um, I, we love, you know, it play, it's it's everything from going to Hanoi, Vietnam, and enjoying the the food there. It's it's eating the street foods, and we were just in Bangkok a, a month or so ago. It's the street foods in Bangkok. Yum. We it's need to work Tokyo. for you. It's you know, it's <laughs> we do you know traveling for business and pleasure as much as we do. We have the advantage of seeing a lot of these fantastic things and learning from all of them, and we enjoy it. That's the that's the biggest thing. This is not work for us. We no, love it. That's good. Um, so those are you know Tokyo, Southeast Asia, really are some of our Yum. favorite food cities. You know, all but right. Then, then you have all of Europe. So how can you possibly pick one? <laughs> how can and you, you pick one? You have a website, <laughs> and you have pictures of your travel on your website, right? Yes, we. Um, I think it was more because the the older you get, the more you forget. Yes, we're <laughs> so, keenly aware of that. Yes, yeah. So we started a blog just to capture it for our own benefit, and then we tied it into our work blog. As as I told you guys when we saw you at Surly, I said it's kind of our it's kind of our celebration of what we do, and it also fulfills a lot of friends. Say, hey, I'm going to X Y Z. Where should I go? Yeah, yep. it's a little personal recommendation guide. You got it, I and love we'll it. put a link to that on our Facebook page on Weekly Dish. Thanks for being here today, and we'll Thank have you. to have you come back and. It's always so fun to just talk about uh, what's happening in the restaurant scene because it's so vibrant. I know. And hey, guess what? It's the Ask Stephanie portion of the show next. So give us a call, 651-641-1071. If you have any questions, we'll be right back. This is the Weekly Dish brought to you by Red Cow and Red Rabbit. Everybody, welcome back to Weekly Dish. I'm Stephanie March. I'm Stephanie Hanson. And we are so happy to have you guys here with us today. This is Ask Stephanie portion of the show. So give us a call, 651-641-1071. If you have any questions, um, if you need recommendations, you have any tips, you have uh, all sorts of fun stuff. We are here for you today. Um, what do you? Okay, so basically... Um, oh, I did get an email. Or I actually had somebody who asked me this last night. Okay. Um, she said that she was going... She was like, will you answer this on the show tomorrow? And I said... Yes, I will do my best. And it's actually aimed at you. Okay. So she is going out with a bunch of girls. It's like a 40th birthday party kind of situation in St. Paul. Okay. And she wants to start with cocktails, but then be able to walk somewhere that has like, uh, is like a good dining experience. I got this. Okay. That's what I figured. I was like, well. I got this. There's a couple. Okay. So option one would be start at WA Frost. Oh. And have a cocktail in their super swanky, cute little basement that's 
uh, sounds basementy, but it's no. Not. We it's, talked about that last week. Yeah, That's it's great. very beautiful brick, beautiful furniture. Then you can walk over to uh, the Red Cow and oh. have an appetizer. Okay. okay, so you have another drink and an appetizer. Then you're going to walk a little further down the road, and you're going to end up at Lagrola. On the left-hand side oh, of the street, what a great idea. locally owned, very quaint, very cute, delicious pasta, good fish, good steaks, great service. I That place always is killing it, and it's been doing it forever. And it just would be a great, cozy place to have a wine and a nice meal with your friends. Yes. So that's all within walking distance. The other one is you could start at the St. Paul Grill, and you could have a drink there. Then you could walk over to um, Kincaid's and they've got a good happy hour special and you could have an appetizer. Then you could finish up at Meritage, have bubbles and oysters and steak and frites with your friends. That would be another walking tour in St. Paul. Okay, I love it. We actually have a caller on the line. Hello, caller. Hi, I would like to know why Stephanie Hansen thinks nachos are unhealthy. I know! Oh, jeez! I know! They, that is hilarious that uh, you're, she's trying to convince us that they're not. Come on! Um, it's a lot of nacho hate for a Saturday morning. No, you get me? I love nachos. Nobody loves nachos more than me. There is not a chip that passed by no, my face. No, 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 no. Hansen, you can't say that when two seconds before that statement you said, and I quote... I haven't eaten nachos for two years. You said that. Because it's true. But then you can't say that you love them like nobody else. I I do love them. (laughs) And I'm like, my favorite nachos were at the Bulldog in Northeast, and they don't do them like that anymore. They had Mm. brisket and they were on tinfoil. But you can't say you love something and only eat it every time the Winter Olympics roll around. (laughs) Come on, Skinner's Pub. Yes, I can. (laughs) Chase, do you guys eat nachos all the time? Um,. Are you both named Stephanie? Yes, this okay, is true. Okay, come on. You um, are on TV, and you are always conscientious about what you're eating. You like that? You eat nachos? Yes, and um, our good friend Jen, the Jennifer Luke, and I know you two agree, and all the foodies listening, they will agree. I said this on the TV show. Can I just make a plea to all of the chefs and restaurant owners who do nachos, and you two know what I'm going to say. Yeah. Um, make sure there's quality layering. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Yes. This um, is not this is not a drip over the top situation. No. Th- no. no. Quality I know. layering. We don't want a layer of crap and then a mountain of plain chips. Yeah. Okay. Where do you eat yeah, your, where favorite are your favorite nachos? nachos? You a nacho eater? Favorite nachos. Um, well, I gotta tell you, it's kinda where I get my chicken wings. The serums and anoka. <laughs> is that do you get chicken wings and nachos at the same time? Um well, yes. If we're feeling really gluttonous, or if we haven't, sometimes we don't eat lunch if we know we're making a serum strip. Yeah. We save all of our calories, and then we get nachos and for the whole family a fifty platter of wings. See, I'm not good at I'm not good at parceling out my calories like that. I got to starve myself all day so I can have a nacho run more than twice a year. Yeah, you just come with me. But this whole nacho hate, a little early, Hanson. I know. Oh, it's not hate. It's love. It's and fear. <laughs> it's fear. That's what it is. It's just nacho fear. Well, yeah. thanks for the recommendation, sir. We have Jason Matheson giving us his top nacho recommendation, which, not surprising, serums, serums in Anoka, because they're right. so good. They do what they do. Thanks, thanks friend. Girl. Thanks, Pally. Um, here is someone looking for a fun, festive restaurant for a 21st birthday in the western suburbs since they aren't able to get a spot downtown during Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. 
Um, in western, the western side of town suburbs. might be you, my friend. 21-year-olds. 21-year-olds? Well, I don't know. I mean, it depends also. Like, You might want to think about West End, which is kind of fun, because you could also do some bar hopping there. You could start at Yard House and get... You know, a, a nice beer layer in and some solid appetizers and then go to Punchbowl Social, which is always fun. But then along the way, you could also stop at uh, Rojo and get some margaritas. That's kind of a fun bar crawl in uh, park once and then Uber home situation. Mm-hmm. You know, Punchbowl Social is kind of an unsty place. Is it? I'm going to call it unsty now. I think unst, that's our unst, new unst, directive. Unst, 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 unst. Um and they have a ton of games and they have, it's huge too. So you can kind of mill about there. For but, a 21st birthday too, I think you need to have activities that distract just from the like, hey, I'm 21, let's have another drink. Let's do all the shots. Yeah. Because yeah. that's not good, Here's They good also have at Punchbowl Social, they actually have punch bowls, which is kind of fun to have as a group, love. a communal group. That's kind of neat. I love punch bowl drinking. I know. I, I'm, I want that to come back. It was coming back, and then it went... I know. It, it, it came like back a, for like a, a brief like a moment. Fuck, and then it went away again. You know, Red Rabbit has good uh, pre-mixed punch drinks. Oh, do they? Yes, they do. Okay. So, yeah, I would say West End would be, for the 21st birthday, kind of a good idea. All right. And there's a hotel in the area, at least one or two of them, that you can, you know, sort of make your way through. Um, <laughs> have you? Are you a big, like, games with drinking kind of thing? With as, Speaking of Punchbowl Social... Um, do I like games with drinking? Like, do you, do you, do you go out for, I mean, when you're thinking about like bowling and all that kind of stuff? My family is lame in the game area. They will on occasion indulge me and go to the nook and bowl in the basement, but that's as much game as I can get out of my family. Really? Your family on the other yeah, hand no, we love is like family Olympics and we all do. that. We're competitive. I would be adopted into that situation at any time. Okay. I you, like cards. Yeah. We I play like cards. board games. Oh, my gosh. family is like, oh my God, we're not playing cards again, are we? Oh my gosh. We yeah. play Catan very, very competitively. I don't know we what Catan is, but I'm sure I'd Settlers be. Settlers of Catan, which is a total nerd game <laughs> and we are full on. Is and, it like Dungeons and Dragons? That no, kind of thing? but it is like Risk in a weird way okay so we're making <laughs> you're basically creating a community and then building roads and taking over other people's roads and oh i like that yeah it's kind of interesting and fun all the nerds out there hey but uh we do that very competitively in our family so um before we wrap up this segment do i have time to tell you about this amazing drink i had yes you have one minute quick moscow mule okay okay so it's just vodka and it's ginger beer yeah here's something to totally elevate it first of all pick the right ginger beer that cock and bull is pretty good because yep. it's not too sweet. Um, Fever tree is nice. Yes, regatta beer, ginger beer is another one. Angostura bitters. That's it. Life changing. Okay, ginger and Angostura are always a sweet, sweet, lovely match. Love it out. Perfect. All right, you guys, we'll be right back. This is the weekly dish. We're brought to you by Red Cow Red Rabbit, and we'll see you in the next hour. <laughs> 